0: The Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast is now proud to be part of the Low Tree Studios podcast network. To enjoy more great podcasts like this one, head along to lowtreestudios.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weird Wacky Wonderful Stories podcast with your hosts Shelley and Bella. everybody and welcome to episode 88 of the Weird, Wacky and Wonderful Stories podcast.
1: Hi everybody.
0: Okay, on the show today we have quite a bit of stuff for you. We've got the draw for Paul Sinclair's book, The Night People. Good book. We have our own stuff which we're doing today, which are some real life horror stories that have happened to people
1: or at least ones that are really strange anyway.
0: Yeah, well, Well. yeah, exactly, yeah. We've also got Ruth Roper Wild's report coming up later on. That's going to be really interesting because she's talking about some child spirits, which I've got to be honest, that's one thing that A freaks me out and two is really sad. A yeah. and two, sorry. A really freaks me out <laughs> and B is like the saddest, I think, of all of the ghost things because it's kids.
1: Yeah, obviously,
0: and then we've got Richard Lenny as well, who's going to be talking about some UFOs around the ISS, and he's also going to let you know once again how you can view them for yourself.
1: We still haven't got to um, to meet up with him to do the.
0: No, we need to do it once lockdown's over. We'll
1: binocular, whatever is night that, vision, night vision. that's yeah. it. we we still haven't we haven't we we need to do that.
0: We do need to do it. Yeah, he did offer. He did offer to to show us to put his money where his mouth is.
1: It'd be pretty cool mm. because then we can you know tell people hey you know what <laughs> we saw it too so that's just more cooperation.
0: exactly and i've seen things in the past which i've thought are ufos but if i'm actually going there and, and him actually pointing stuff out to me then well would yeah, saw be pretty cool
1: i saw something a long time ago back you know back home before i moved here and i um called you on the phone as i was driving and told you about it
0: i don't remember that
1: Maybe it was one of them times when you were asleep. But I would think that you'd remember it. I've got to be honest, I do tend
0: to nod off when you're talking.
1: You're going to be nodding off because I'm going to knock you out in a minute. (laughs) Nodding off. (sighs) Mm. Okay, I'll be flipping you off. How's that?
0: (laughs) Well, not for the first time.
1: (laughs) You don't remember it? Seriously.
0: No, I honestly don't.
1: Aw what? See, I wasn't even... Were we married then?
0: I can't I bet it wasn't even me, was it?
1: It was you! Jeez, that's not even fair. Look, I was driving down the road, same road I had my accident on, actually.
0: Right, okay, mm-hmm. which one? <sighs> <laughs> well,
1: <isn't> that's not funny. <laughs> I've only <laughs> ever had one accident that was my fault. Now, so I'm driving down that road, Yep. heading toward the mall.
0: Yep. You had Towards ballet?
1: Way. Yeah. Right, okay. Right? And it was nighttime, but Bryce was in the car. Okay. So I was driving and I saw this thing that was, it looked red and it looked almost like a triangle, the whole red bit. So it was like three lights in a triangle shape and they were red.
0: I've established that they were red.
1: And I stopped at a stoplight, well, a fucking was red, change. <laughs> which was red. And I looked up and I, and it had gone from like one side of the window windshield to the other. I mean, it moved that quick just, and so I saw it again and I was like, oh, that's pretty weird. And then I looked again, you know, trying to watch where I'm going and look up. And then I looked up again, and it was back on the other side of the windshield. So it had gone back over to the left side again.
0: And it wasn't because you were turning on the road? No,
1: because it was, you know, remember the road was real straight. yeah? Yeah, yeah. There were no turns. I told you about it. I called you and told you about it. But then I got to, like, the mall, parked, whatever, went in, did whatever, you know, came back out, was on the way back home again, and it was still there. But it was going from that one, from the opposite side to back to the other side again. But it was, cl- but it looked a lot closer. So you could really see that it was not, so it was like a triangle with red, three red lights. Mm-hmm. But when it got, but when I was on my way back, it looked more like a red, the whole thing was red.
0: Well, you were right near Aberdeen Proving Ground, weren't you?
1: But, but I never, I mean, I don't know what it was, but, yeah. it, but it was, you didn't see it move, it was just doing that, and it would go blink in another area, but it was all kind of in the same area, so it happened for a while. Oh,
0: so you weren't seeing it, you kind of seeing it literally disappear from one side of your, to the windscreen, yeah, to the other. Yeah, and then
1: it would be on that side.
0: Oh, right, okay, well, that's a little bit more interesting now.
1: Oh, no, nice. well, no,
0: no, I figured that, I, th- I thought uh, it's probably a blimp or something, you know, that's got...
1: No, it couldn't have been anyway, because it was an actual triangle light. It looked like a triangle Pite. of red light a kite move on come on then no 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 no. I, I'm
0: I'm making light but no if it if it I'm making light I'm making red light uh-huh. but if it was doing that thing where it disappears blinking out do you remember we've we've well, had a couple of guests on that yes. have said now that they blink out
1: yeah so yeah. I didn't see it actually move in there was no movement that I could see it was just there and then somewhere else and then back mm. again and interesting but it was weird because I saw it on the way and then on the way back going home again
0: I tell you what we did watch the other day, which was really worth watching, and I recommend is that Phenomenon movie done by James Fox. It is on Amazon Prime at the moment. You do have to pay for it. It was about £10, I think, that I paid. But it was well, well worth it. It is the best... UFO documentary that I've ever seen. The amount of information and evidence and news Mm. footage and official government papers that they got hold of and all that sort of stuff.
1: The the stuff that was classified but then was declassified. Exactly. That was what
0: I was looking for, declassified. Mm -hmm. All the declassified paperwork that they got was absolutely spot on. Really high-level people being interviewed on there as well. And I've never seen before the interview... With the kids from that school in South Africa that had that incident, they showed the interviews of the kids when they were kids,
1: and then re adults.
0: And they still were sticking to the same story and you had the teachers that were being interviewed there at the time and even the head, the head teacher who who didn't want to admit anything at the time and actually stayed quite quiet, then came forward during this interview or they certainly got hold of the footage anyway, where she was actually coming out and saying, okay, yeah, we were visited by extraterrestrials that day. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely... A must for anybody who's interested in in UFOs.
1: Yeah, it was a good show, actually.
0: It was really good. Okay, so let's get on to today's business. Okay. So, you can start with the first story. What have you got there?
1: Well, there is a place in Villisca, at least I think that's how you say it, Villisca, Iowa, that is called the Axe Murder House. And it's a well-known tourist attraction for paranormal investigators and people that are hoping to see a ghost i mean i Mm. i don't know why anybody would really want to see one but you know but anyway
0: well we've gone ghost hunting.
1: no but i mean to stay somewhere overnight i i mean i i'd be well if we did that i would just take some medicine go sleep and you could see the ghost because i wouldn't want to see it
0: i could tell you i'd seen anything then couldn't i you need someone there to corroborate it with you
1: well you wouldn't be trying to wake me up (laughs) Because I'd be like, let's go. You wouldn't even need to unpack the suitcase because I'd I'd have my hurry up and get the fuck out bag with me. (laughs) Yeah? Anyway, so in 1912, there was a pretty gruesome set of murders that happened there and six kids and two adults had been, you know, murdered with an axe. So in 1994... This place was bought and then they restored it to the condition that it was in, in 1912. It's actually, it must be a pretty spiffy place because it's 400 and some dollars a night to stay there. But the thing is that everybody that stays there, they all say like that they have paranormal experiences and visions of a man who roams the halls carrying an axe. And they also can hear kids screaming. Now see, that would get me because I...
0: Yes, like we were saying earlier, with yeah. with Ruth stuff coming up, it's the whole kids thing that freaks me out.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's that, and you know, that's that should be enough, right, mm. for people to be interested. Yeah, be enough for me. But in 2014, uh, somebody stayed there. His name was Robert Stephen Larson Jr. He was 37, and he was from Wisconsin. And he was just him and a bunch of friends thought, "Oh, we're going to go to this hotel, and we're going to do this, you know." little paranormal, let's see if we see anything kind of thing. Well, he was stabbed in the chest and apparently it was self-inflicted. So they called 911 and took him to a hospital. And then from that hospital, he had to be taken by air to a medical center in Nebraska. And the sheriff's department Obviously, we're looking at the case. It must be hard to self-inflict a chest wound. Well, I don't know. To stab yourself. I mean, especially in the chest, I would be like, "Mm, no. If I was going to stab myself and try to make it look like it, I'd do my arm or something. Not my chest, right? Because you don't really want to die, do you? They were able to determine that this whole thing happened around 12 45 in the morning which that's about the same time that the murders had happened where the kids and the adults were killed in 1912 thing is he has never mr larson has never talked about what happened that day wanted no you know he didn't want any publicity he just said you know he's not talking about it even up to now apparently the person that owns the hotel, her name is Martha Lynn, and she's saying, um, yeah, you know, it was very um, upsetting, and obviously you want publicity, but it's not really the kind you want to have, is it? You know, that no, you could say there. I wouldn't have said there, it's probably and, the best um, thing for business. So, yeah, so so there's no determination on did something make him do it, did he do it, or, you know, whatever. And he's not prepared to say and either. And he's not talking, so... Mm.
0: Wonder but what it's happened.
1: but it is kind of weird, like because even if you think well maybe he maybe he was trying to kill himself, you wouldn't really stab yourself in the chest, would you? No. I mean, I wonder. Like,
0: but uh, then again, if he was possessed or if he had some kind of uh, psychotic episode where mm-hmm. he was just so stressed because of the situation that he was in, he could have self-inflicted it.
1: I mean, people, the place is still open; people still go there, but
0: they hide the knives. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine having the dinner, can't you, at night, you know, they say, well, I ordered the steak, how the fuck, you know, yeah. and they go, well. <laughs> Pick it know. up and chew it. Yeah, we can't, we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't give you knives in pay, this hotel. Pay,
1: you know, you get plastic forks and knives and Yeah, safety, exactly. You know, like yeah. safety ones. Yeah, but anyway, so obviously the owner was concerned it was going to have a negative impact because she didn't want people thinking, oh my gosh, if I go there, not only am I going to see a ghost, but I could get possessed and actually.
0: Yeah, kill myself. Yeah. Or someone I love. Well, I've got one here that's about possession as well. Because in August 2016 in London, there was a 26-year-old lad by the name of Kennedy Ife. And he started acting really weird and getting all aggressive and everything. And it all started with the pain that he had in his throat. And then after this pain, he suddenly changed. He apparently bit his father. He threatened to cut off his own penis. <laughs> okay. He, he was saying that there was a, a python... Or some kind of snake that were not in his trousers. We're not talking about his penis now. Okay. In, his, in his body, he felt that there was this python or snake within him.
1: Do you know? That's the kind of shit that I find really creepy. Like, uh, it's not the same, but like the movie Alien, that bit where it comes out of his that guy's. So, yeah. To me, that is so... Fr- I mean, because, like, parasites are creepy.
0: What was that spoof where the alien came out with him and went, hello, my baby, hello, my darling?
1: <laughs> I <laughs> oh. don't know, but... Oh, so but funny. anyway, like, I find that terrifying because, you know, I mean, people get shit that goes in their ears. Okay, and-
0: come on. Yeah, Let, anyway. Let's just go. Why okay, didn't okay. interrupt you? Sorry,
1: sorry. Well, <sighs> you yeah. know.
0: Anyway, he's this, this kid's really, like, biting his father, wanting to cut off his own cock you know, complaining that there's a snake inside him, getting really aggressive. So the father and the brothers, there was there was seven of them in total, I believe, restrain him on a bed with these cable ties. And apparently it said that they used excessive force. It doesn't say what the excessive force is yet, but the family then apparently tried to cure Kennedy through prayer and all that sort of stuff. Over the next three days, apparently it took them. Well, in the end, his brother decided to call an ambulance because he said that his brother was struggling to breathe. Paramedics got there. Apparently, he was he was suffering from dehydration and, and had these breathing concerns.
1: Yeah, because three days.
0: Yeah, and he was pronounced dead, unfortunately, at 10.17am on the third day. It then went to court, and in March 2019, the court case took four days okay and mm-hmm. in march the 14th 2019 the jury deliberated and came back with a verdict of not guilty for all seven members of the the family they were all cleared of their charges wow but apparently they were accused initially of manslaughter false imprisonment, causing or allowing the death of a vulnerable adult. Post-mortem examination on, on the boy showed that he'd received over 60 wounds, including bites on his body, and also his father and four of his brother also had sustained injuries. Interestingly, while the police were there at the house, after obviously he'd just been taken away and, and what have you, one of the brothers tried to carry out a resurrection of his brother, by chanting and saying prayers, and they thoroughly believed that he was possessed. But I am i would love to find out, really, what kind of evidence the jury had. Yeah,
1: because I find that to interesting. That,
0: yeah, to dismiss that after a four-day trial and clear them of all charges.
1: Yeah, I think that warrants some further investigation. Yeah. Because that's a bit weird. I mean, and you would think that that would have been a really big, huge story anyway, wouldn't Last you? year. Last That's year, March mean.
0: last year. Yeah, it's a big so, thing. And London, we would have probably heard about it, you would have thought.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, well, you're just going to have to look that up.
0: Well, I did see. Google it. That's how I got it to
1: start with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but there was nothing else, no update. No, no. That's what no, I mean.
0: No, that was, well, they, what update is there? They saw all of the evidence and they Well, I know,
1: but a lot of times, at least back home, like after trial happens, some of the jury will will talk about it. You know, but so I I've got one on a haunted doll. You know, when you think about haunted dolls, and certainly me, because this is really creepy. I wish I, I wish I didn't have to do this one because I got a thing about the t- porcelain f- freaking doll thing. Especially after what the, to get, you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, whenever I think of it, I'm thinking yeah, and I pictured that stupid doll in my head.
0: Go back and listen to a previous episode to uh, find out what she's talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was so scary, honestly. Slept with a light on for ages after that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, this is about a haunted doll. And you would tend to think about the really creepy ones, you know, um that had the blinky eye things and made of porcelain. Well, apparently somebody in Houston bought a frozen what is it, Elsa, is that her name? The, the girl from Frozen?
0: Uh, I couldn't tell you, but okay.
1: Anyway, so it seemed okay at first, but then this doll started to... Well, first of all, it was supposed to talk, okay? Okay. It would recite phrases from the movie, and it and it would sing, Let it go. Let it go, yeah, let it yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you p- pressed its necklace. But the thing is... For two years, everything was fine. There were no problems. Did it in English. The mother, her name was Emily. She said that in 2015, it started to talk in Spanish and English. There was no button on it.
0: I wish I knew Spanish for Let It Go Now.
1: The only one I know is the map from Dora. But anyway. (laughs) Um, Anyway. But there was no, like, button that you could push to make it start to speak in Spanish. Yeah. You know, but it just started to do it. And they had this doll now for six years, never changed the batteries in it. It would just start to talk and sing, even when it was turned off. It would start to, to mm. sing. So, they decided that... um. In 2019, they thought, well, screw this. We're going to get rid of this doll because that's freaky. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they threw it away. And a few weeks later, they found it in a bench in their living room. So they got rid of it and it they Came found back. it again. Ow. Right. Mm-hmm. So they thought, oh, well, the kids must have went and got it or whatever. But all of the kids were saying, no, 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 we didn't. We didn't. We didn't do it. So the mother says, you know, okay, we believe it because they couldn't picture them just like, you know, digging through the garbage mm. outside to to get it. At that point, the doll stopped singing in English and only spoke in Spanish. So then they decided to get rid of it again. So they double bagged it. They
0: just needed to let it go, didn't they? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> they double bagged it and they put it in the bottom of their garbage that they put outside which was taken the following day and, yeah. got, and got rid of so they went away for a few days came back and the doll was back
0: hell no
1: it, and it was you know
0: hell no it was
1: in their backyard then they decided and i don't know why they decided to do this they mailed this doll to somebody in minnesota who's who a they, friend of who theirs they fucking hated right <laughs> And this person, he had a truck and he taped this doll to the front of his truck.
0: (laughs) Like a hood ornament. I
1: guess. Well, anyway, it's still there. It hasn't come back now. It's still on the truck or whatever. And apparently there's a Facebook post from February where there's an update, but... So far, Elsa has liked traveling, I suppose, because she's not come back yet.
0: That is freaky. Next time I go to the Disney store, man, I tell you what, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm staying away from Mm -hmm. the frozen aisle. Yep. (laughs) Mm. No, don't like that at all. This is getting rid of something in a slightly different way. When the Bretzius family, B-R-E-T-Z-U-I-S family, decided to insulate their home in Auburn in Pennsylvania back in 2015, they found that... Someone had already insulated the walls
1: mm-hmm.
0: with dead animals. Ew! All dead animals inside the wall. I tell you, they were wrapped in newspaper, and the newspaper was from the 1930s and 40s, so they were in there for a while. Ew, they you were what? also within... Spices were in there and a number of other items, and apparently there was hundreds of artefacts and carcasses left in these walls. Apparently, an expert... Attributed the animals to so there's uh, an
1: expert about stuff in your walls full of dead animals. I don't know what kind of
0: expert, it just says the expert attributed. What's your
1: superpower? Well, I can tell you how to bury, um, you know, dead things in your walls. Yeah, anyway, go ahead.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. The expert attributed the rotted animals in their walls to powwow or Dutch magic. Have you ever heard of powwow? No. It, well, it's this kind of magic. It's, it's, I've never heard of it.
1: I've heard of a computer program called Powwow that used to be a um, chat thing. I saw that Powwow anyway, Wow is like having a chat with somebody.
0: Exactly, a chat, yeah. Apparently, this Powwow or Dutch magic, is a ritual originated in culture of the Pennsylvania Dutch. And it's designed to treat ailments. And, you know, if you've got something wrong with you, you just sacrifice an animal apparently, and stick it in your wall, and apparently it's meant to make you better. But actually, it was doing exactly the opposite because the bacteria and the mold that were on these animals were actually causing the family to get sick.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. You're going to forget about whatever because you're going to be like, Bleh.
0: Yeah, they were talking in this article about people attaching dogs to people as well. So, if you wanted a dog to always stay by your side and always be faithful, then you would cut yourself and bleed into the dog's food bowl, and then when the dog ate the food, they would also be eating your blood, and then would be totally faithful to you.
1: Ah, uh, let's call Lily in here. I'll I'll get a knife, and you can do that, and we'll see if it works. Mm-mm-mm. No, hell no. Oh. I'll hold the knife, I'll cut well, you. Well,
0: some people say that if you let animals taste blood, human blood, they may go, have a taste for humans. So, no, thank you very much.
1: Well, she'd only lick you to death. She wouldn't bite you or anything. I know.
0: Hmm. She'd be licking me going, you taste good.
1: Okay, so I have something about a woman named Danielle Harkins. She was a school teacher in Florida. And in 2012, she started acting a little bit weird and got obsessed with, like, demonic rituals and all that sort of thing. She then got arrested for abusing, like, some of her former students. She told kids that they needed to rid their bodies of demons, so they all got in a group Um, just before dark on a Saturday. They lit a fire near the pier in St. Saint- Petersburg, and then she said that they should cut themselves to let all the evil spirits out. It's just a teacher. Yeah.
0: The teacher's telling the kids to cut themselves. Yeah.
1: And then after they cut themselves, they would need to burn the wounds, cauterize the wounds to make sure that the spirits didn't come back. Damn. At one point she held a lighter to somebody to one of the kids hands who'd already cut themselves and the wind blew and the the light the lighter you know the flame blew out then she decided that she was gonna stick a bunch of perfume on it first because it'd be like alcohol. alcohol yeah and then she set it on fire so that kid ended up with you know second degree burns and everything Addy hell. another kid was cut on the neck with a broken bottle that one she used um she heated up a A key, I don't know why a key, but she heated up a key in like fire and then she pushed that against the wound in the kid's neck to cauterize that one. So yeah, but eventually one of these kids must have mentioned it to one of their friends or something and that friend went to the police and reported it. None of these kids said anything to their parents about it. Nothing. Anyway, but they ended up arresting her for aggravated battery and child abuse. One of the news channels said investigators said they've spoken to Harkins, but she didn't spell out, ha ha, no pun intended, uh, what type of religion would require such drastic measures. She hasn't informed us exactly what she was trying to accomplish with this. So point was to get rid of the evil spirits, but yeah. That just doesn't seem normal, does it?
0: Well, evil spirits in kids, there's a theme here. So apparently last year, the Indianapolis Star published a lengthy report on a family that was terrorised by three children within the family. Now, it tells a story of Latoya Ammons, A-double-M-O-N-S, and her family, and it tells the stories of the children being possessed to the point where they were climbing the walls and climbing the walls backwards. I know know when we've watched horror stuff in the past, whenever you see that sort of stuff where people's bones or or joints are going the wrong way, you Mm. freak out, don't you? Mm. They were climbing the walls. They were getting thrown across the room. The children were threatening doctors in these guttural, deep voices that were unnatural and shouldn't have been coming out of a child. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that we would see in a movie, isn't it? But there was 800 pages of official reports on this, whereby they actually had police personnel, psychologists, family members, priests, all witnessing these things. Actually witnessing in some cases what the, heck? the children, hang on a minute, witnessing in some cases children going up the wall and then kind of somersaulting back down onto the floor and being absolutely totally fine, but crawling up the wall backwards. And it's just bizarre.
1: Why? What? Somebody needs to make a paranormal news channel on TV because I can't believe that these things happen. And nobody, I mean, you don't, I mean, you really got to go looking for this stuff.
0: If I had a newspaper or a TV sh- channel or something that I was in control of, this kind of thing would get views, man. Yeah, you no know what no I mean? doubt.
1: yeah, no doubt. That's just freaky. Oh yeah, but I don't like that weird thing when they start doing contortions, and uh, that's so disgusting. So this is
0: one section of the report, okay? One little segment, and it and it's regarding a nine-year-old. The Washington's original DCS report, okay? An account corroborated by Walker. The nurse, the nine-year-old, had a weird grin and walked backward up a wall to the ceiling. He then flipped over, landing on his feet.
1: That's really creepy. That gave me goosebumps. I don't like that story. So, in the end, what what happened?
0: I'm sorry to say, it doesn't say. Oh,
1: okay then. All right. So, I have one about a lady named Eliza Lamb, I think it is. So, she was last seen on New Year's Eve 2013 Uh, in the lobby of a hotel called the Cecil Hotel in downtown Los Angeles. She was taking a vacation. So she was going up and down, you know, going up the West Coast, documenting it and blogging about her, you know, the stuff that she'd been doing. And she was checking in with her parents every day. But on New Year's Eve, the calls stopped. So... Her parents, you know, tried to find her, couldn't couldn't get a hold of her. So the police got involved and then her parents went there to try to figure out what was going on. But they couldn't find anything. About a month after the Los Angeles Police Department released some surveillance from an elevator in this hotel and it shows her and she's in the elevator by herself talking to looks like she's talking to people but there's nobody on the elevator. She came peeked out around the elevator doors. Other segments where she was crouching in a corner and pushing the button to open and close the door on the elevator. But they don't know what happened. So, you know, they were thinking, well, was it a psychotic episode? Was she possessed? The other thing was, well, could there have been people that, were up against the wall possibly in the elevator but still I, I have have but still you would think that if they've got images of her backed up into a corner but also ones of her looking also, had the doors, well, where the heck did they go? Did they leave the elevator then, possibly? And that's why she was peeking out? Like, maybe that's why...
0: So did she feel like she was at risk? And Yeah, unless-
1: um, but there's nothing about her getting off the elevator, going back onto the elevator at any point. Right after that happened, hotel guests started reporting, like, strange things that were happening with the water supply in the hotel. So they would turn on the water... And um, the water would come out black, you know, and then it would take a couple couple seconds and then it would go back to normal. But the initial spout, spurt of water that would come out was all black and gross. Somebody else said that the tap water in the hotel had a really weird, sweet, yucky, disgusting taste. Um, I'd be
0: drinking it if it came out black a couple of seconds earlier. Yeah. Well,
1: well, mm-hmm. they were there for about a week, right? And they never complained because, you know, they weren't from the area. So they were thinking, well... <laughs>
0: the water's black here.
1: You know, Well, no, no, no. It wasn't the same people. Oh, right. That, this is somebody that had drank the water. A couple who had drunk the water. And so and so they, they didn't really say anything because they figured, well, you know, we're not from here. Maybe the water tastes different. Which I guess kind of makes sense because, like, well water
2: yeah, tastes okay. totally
1: different from tap water. But yuck. Anyway... February 19th, a hotel employee goes and climbs up on top of the roof and he, so he can have a look at these water tanks. And um, they found this woman's body. What, her, in the tanks? Yeah, in this tank. And all of her belongings were kind of around her nearby, not in the tank, but, you know, around the, the area. Um, and uh, the autopsy that was done... Um, they said that her death was accidental. So the other thing, though, is that there were some other strange things that happened in this hotel. Do you know what that
0: kind of reminds me of? You know hypothermia? Mm -hmm. When people are uh, suffering from hypothermia, they go... A little bit crazy Mm. right before, don't they? And then they very often take their clothes off. I don't know why it happens, but it's true. People dying of hypothermia suddenly get this euphoric demeanor. They start acting totally out of character. Then they take their clothes off.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, she was seen in the elevator before that happened. The tank has a a, a metal latch that can be opened. However, access to the roof is secured with an alarm. And a lock. Why? So how she got up there in the first place, nobody knows. But the other weird things that happened is the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, he was a serial killer, who killed 14 people. He lived in that place on the 14th floor for several months. And also a serial killer named Jack Unterwigger, who was suspected of murdering three prostitutes. He was staying there. He killed himself in 1994 in jail. And then in 1962, there was a lady that jumped off the ledge from the hotel window fell and landed on a person and killed herself and the pedestrian that she landed on.
0: Damn. Well, that's another hotel not to stay up in. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. Well, I think we've come to the end of our stories for now. Uh, We've got more that we could have done, but I think we've run out of time here. We've got to get on to Ruth Roper Wilde. I've really got to word that differently. We've got to allow Ruth Roper Wilde to do her segment and obviously Richard Lenny to do his as well. Stay tuned, though, because after those reports, we will do the draw on who is going to win the Night People book by Paul Sinclair.
1: Oh, cool. Can I pick?
0: You can, but we're going
2: to listen to these first.
1: Oh, all right. So,
2: here is Richard Lenny. Hi, welcome to the Weird Wacky Wonderful, and this is Rich Lenny speaking to you from somewhere on planet Earth. I've got some interesting stories to tell you tonight, and I'm going to think you're going to find them very very interesting the first is ufos in space near the iss caught from their uh, live stream now last week i was actually on there i decided just to go on hadn't been on for a while i used to watch it religiously all the time and i had more time on my hands and obviously i was seeing a lot of stuff then but um i hadn't been on for probably over a year and i thought i'd go on there And no sooner had I gone on there and I saw this sphere coming out of our Earth because the camera was actually pointing down from the ISS onto planet Earth and you can see part of the ISS, I think it was the solar panel coming off and uh, it was a beautiful image and it was all in high definition and then I saw this sphere coming out very slowly from our atmosphere into space and it was on the left hand side because the Earth has taken up three quarters of the image. So if you can visualise it, um, I'll, I'll leave you the link down below so you can watch the video. But for this um, talk, if, if you can visualise it coming out from the left-hand side of the screen very slowly, it takes a few minutes, and then it disappears behind the ISS. And then, after about ten minutes, another one comes out. From the right hand side of the screen, again exactly the same thing, comes out really really slowly it's probably going very fast but it looks on the, on the camera as it's coming off the Earth's atmosphere into space it looks like it's going really slowly. It's not space debris, you know it's not another rocket, it's nothing to do with NASA as far as we're aware, you know it's, it's a ball, it's a sphere and it's coming out of the Earth and it's going into space. Now, I've seen these many, many times, and I've seen them on Earth. And I've told you in previous programs how to see these spheres. They're up there 24-7, 365. I had a ufologist. I won't say who he was, but I sent him a load of stuff. And he basically ridiculed it live on air on his YouTube channel. And um, he was saying there were balloons or particulates. You know, I mean... I'm a ufologist. I've been studying UFOs since December 1980. I went public uh, in 2011, doing powerpoints around the country, and since about 2013, 2014, I've been seeing stuff, uh, you know, with night vision, and for the last seven or eight years, I've actually been doing research. And I've been studying these spheres to the point where I know what they're doing to a certain point. I know where some of them go. I know where to see them. I know how to see them. I know they're made of metallic structure. And I know they follow our planes. And I know sometimes they can get really close to our planes. And I know also, very occasionally, they can hit our planes. So, for someone to say that they're balloons, flower pollen, I mean, come on, you know. But anyway, that's by the by. Um, These spheres that I see up there, you know, I I think these are the same spheres that I saw coming out of the Earth into space. They looked about the same anyway. And um, I'll leave you the link down below anyway, and you can watch it for yourself. But yeah, and lately, um, there have been other ones as well. Obviously, I haven't been watching the ISS live stream like I used to but the chances of me I haven't been on there for about a year the chances of me just going on there and within a minute or two seeing these two spheres coming out of our earth into space just proves that this you know I, I think personally um, it's a lot busier up there now I think this is becoming the norm they seem to be showing their presence a lot more and i think because of that reason maybe there could be something on the cards maybe in the not too distant future of of them coming out i don't know but i know these spheres are uh, a lot more in the public eye now than ever before so uh, keep an eye on that one if you want to know how to see these spheres for yourself obviously i've already spoken about that on one of the podcasts from previous uh, Weird Wacky Wonderful. But if, if you want to know, again, you, you missed it, just um, send me a message on Facebook, Richard Lenny Ufologist, and I'll personally message you back. And uh, on a one-to-one, I'll tell you exactly what to get and how to see them for less than £100, okay? So um, and when I mean less than £100, you I mean you paying me £100. I mean that's how much it's going to cost you. To get the equipment, it's going to be less than £100. And then you can record them and show them to your friends. So, I've got another one to show you as well. It's a GIF. Um, It's a a little video that um, I put together for you guys. Now, this is a sphere that was caught just missing the nose of a passenger plane. I mean, it literally just misses it. And this goes back to what I was saying before about how close these things are to our planes, you know, and how the thing just nearly hit the nose cone of this passenger plane. So I'll leave you the link down below for that as well. Um, going back on to the 27th of September, so not long ago this year, in a place called Jalisco, which is in Mexico, um, I had a lovely video sent to me, and uh, it, basically it's a farmer... And he sees UFOs all the time. You know, he sees lights in the sky and stuff like that. But he doesn't always have his phone on him because he's out doing what he's doing. And and I suppose he's worried he drops it in the mud and he'll lose it. But on this particular occasion, he had the phone on him. And a humongous, what he calls a mothership, appears over his farm in Jellisco. Now, I think there's a thunderstorm going on at the time, which gets me very excited because when I see something like this and I see a thunderstorm then I know that these craft do harness the electricity from thunderstorms well they seem to anyway so um, when I watch this video I mean it's it's beautiful, it's not CGI, you can see it's raw footage and it does look like a mother shit coming out of the clouds um, over his farm again I'll leave you the link down below but you have to see this video, I think it's a very important video and also um, you can hear the animals in the background, because it's got a farm, I don't know the chickens, hens, or whatever, and they're clucking away, you know, I mean, they're really upset. And this reminds me of when I went down to Nina's place uh, in Devon. Again, I, I spoke about this on um, previous shows, but um, there was a farm next to her house, and she was seeing alien activity and stuff, and we saw beams coming down, taking up soil and that. But she said to me, Richard, Richard, I always know when they're coming because the animals next door in the farm start to, you know, make strange noises and and get very excited. And then I know they're on their way because, of course, animals can sense these things, can't they? I mean, they can sense when you're coming home, probably about two minutes before you arrive. So it's the same sort of thing. Um, So listen out for the animals as well in the background on that video, because I think that's very important. And lastly tonight, I want to talk about something that a friend of mine caught. Now, he observes um, the moon and the sun. That's his two main things. And um, he was actually watching the sun uh, the other day. And he... Um, uh, let me see if I can find it. I want to make sure I get this correct. Okay. I'll, again, I'll leave the link down below. It's by You 2012 that's ufo vni and then 2012 and he he actually um names the video the giant ufo in the shape of prometheus seems to brush the sun through the telescope's filter 4k now i've watched this video and it's fantastic yeah it does it looks like prometheus i don't know if you've seen the movie the ridley scott movie But, um, it, you know, I mean, you can't get away from the fact that this is not a comet. This is, this is not a satellite. This is not a rocket from NASA. Um, and, you know, it's not, when I say it's not from NASA, it's not a rocket as we know it from NASA. I mean, it could be a NASA spacecraft. Who knows the secret space program? We don't know. But it's not the usual thing that you would expect, you know. And this thing is absolutely huge. Now, it's coming in towards the sun. It skims the sun and then goes back up again. So it's on like a curveball. Okay, so it has trajectory. I mean, it's obviously, you know, it's flying. It's under control. It's under intelligent control. Okay, so it's not the usual things that you would normally expect to see by the sun. And then it flies off again. And this thing, I would say, was probably at least twice maybe three times the size of earth i mean this thing is absolutely huge and it is in the shape of prometheus there's their spacecraft from the movie which is quite crazy but i'll leave a link down below for that one as well you have to see it because this video is just incredible uh and he called it in the daytime Um, i think let me see if i can find when it was um he posted on october the 9th 2020 so yeah so it was around about that sort of time and um, you have to see it to believe it. it is just incredible so there we are I'm hoping um, you'll find all those very interesting and um, going back to these these spheres just quickly um, yeah I don't want to scare you about when you go on a plane and stuff you know but if you look out of your window and you've got a phone on you, please keep it in your hand, get a window seat, because you'll see these spheres, they're out there. I I have ladies and gentlemen sending me videos on a weekly basis, Um, not so much now because of COVID-19, but before COVID hit, people were going on holiday to Germany, Italy, um, a lot of European countries, and um, on the way back, they were videoing these spheres, and one of the spheres was right on the wingtip, of the lady's plane, and uh, as she was coming back in, I think to land at Heathrow, she said it followed them basically from Germany all the way back to England. And it was just before the plane landed that the sphere then decided to drop away, which is what they normally do anyway. And she sent me the video and said, Richard, is this the sphere's, is this your sphere that you're, you're talking about? And I said, Yes, this is the one, this is definitely the sphere, yeah. I, and that's what they do, you know, they follow the planes. And then just before the plane lands, they'll will drop away. So you know, I don't think that's a balloon. I don't think that's a flower pollen. You know, I mean, this thing is the size of a small 1960s mini in spherical form. You know, the sun's reflecting off it. You can see its metallic in structure, and and it's in, and it's uh, intelligently controlled. And personally, I personally think it's a, a drone of some kind controlled by. Uh, another force out in space, but that's my own opinion. Uh, I call them, you know, ET drones, because as far as I'm aware, they are extraterrestrial in origin. I mean, let's put it this way. If they were from Earth, let's just say for argument's sake, they were made by NASA, but they're keeping it a secret from us. Why would they compromise our planes? Why would they get so close to them? And sometimes they actually hit them and take them out, literally take them out. Now, I don't think we would do that to our own people. So it only leaves one other um, conclusion, doesn't it? And that is that it's not from Earth. It is extraterrestrial. And they're here observing us. And I believe they're recording everything we do as well. So. But that's, that's my own opinion, obviously. That's, I mean, I don't know whether that's true or not. I can only assume from what I've done with my research and how they act, and how they always seem to turn up where there's disasters. 9-11, for instance, volcanoes erupting, earthquakes, boats sinking, Uh, wars. The Vietnam War is a good one, for example. They were seen nearly every day. In fact, they were seen so often that the Americans called them enemy helicopters because they thought it was Charlie with a new sort of, you know, flying machine that they'd invented. So the whole thing, you know, basically tells you that this is not a balloon and it's not particulates in the sky. So with that, this is Richard Lenny, ufologist, speaking to you from somewhere on planet Earth for Weird, Wacky and Wonderful. Thank you very much and good night.
0: Yeah, we really do have to go and have a look at some of the stuff he's looking at. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah,
1: that's
3: what I keep saying.
0: Definitely, definitely, definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay, here comes Ruth.
3: Hey, everyone. Ruth Roper-Wild here with your monthly dose of all things paranormal. It seems to come around so fast every month that it's time for me to talk to you again. I can't believe how quickly this year is slipping away from us. I think it's something to do with how strange the year has been, with restrictions and changes to our daily lives. I hope you're all managing to keep safe and sane. I'm starting this month with an encounter that one of my correspondents wrote to me about. It happened in Germany, and as such it won't fit into the theme of the book I'm currently writing, These Haunted Times Volume 2, but it seemed like too interesting a little snippet to let it just fall unheard by the wayside. My ethos when researching for all of my books follows three main guiding principles. One, to be careful not to contaminate any evidence a witness is going to give to me. I want them to give me their own accounts of what they experienced in any particular location and not be inadvertently influenced by what they think I might be looking for. Two, to faithfully reproduce what a witness told me when I write about it. I will write it a little more descriptively and into proper prose, but I won't embellish the account they gave. As well as interesting to read, I want my books to be properly useful to anyone with a serious interest in the paranormal so that they can accept the details as faithfully given records of events. And three, to be careful not to expose my witnesses to unwanted attention from internet trolls or real-life nuisance calls. This means using pseudonyms a lot of the time, and sometimes being a little circumspect about not disclosing the actual address if their experience was in a private house. So this next snippet from Germany follows those guidelines. This isn't the gentleman's real name, but I have left the locations as they were. Peter worked for the English Royal Air Force for a period in his life. In 1987, he and his young family had been posted out to RAF Guteslo in Germany and he was part of a Harrier Jump Jet Squadron which was posted there. Harriers, by the way, were my very favourite aircraft after one came to visit where I worked at British Aerospace once in the mid-1980s and performed a vertical take-off and bow for us. Anyway, back to Peter and his squadron. They were deployed at this time to a place called Bergen-Hon, which he tells me is the proper name for the place more commonly remembered in history as Belsen. He explained that the derelict hospital which had been used for the atrocities committed by Dr Mengele was still on site, but he and the other airmen kept well away from it because of the brooding evil atmosphere which exuded from it. One September morning, Peter and his buddy were on guard duty. It was around 2am misty and chilly after a while Peter's buddy whispered to him can you hear children they both listened intently and both clearly heard the sound of several children weeping quietly drift on the night air before fading away now the nearest human habitation was 20 miles away and there were certainly no children on the site itself so they were unable to give a rational explanation for what they both clearly heard When they talked to their squadron mates about their unnerving experience, several others admitted to having heard the same sound. Staying with the theme of child ghosts, Heart FM's Lifestyle ran an article recently about a creepy little girl image. Apparently, the image first surfaced in 2018 in a video on Google Maps and was taken at the Martha Chapel Cemetery in Huntsville, Texas. It shows a close-up of a tree near the boundary of the cemetery, from behind which there peeps the face of a young blonde girl. One commentator has said that the photo was actually taken by him, and that face is actually his daughter who was playing when he was taking photographs. He says he is a paranormal investigator and was setting up his equipment at the time. That doesn't, however, explain the creepy hooded figure in the far distance of the same video, and nor does it explain why any reputable paranormal investigator would post a video without clearly stating who he was, what he was trying to capture, and mentioning that his daughter was in frame. According to legends, Martha's, Martha's Chapel Cemetery was named after the first person buried there, a lady called Martha Palmer. There have been claims of voices and shadows, with many reports even claiming that spirits follow you home if you visit the cemetery. Back in the UK. The Eastern Daily Press recently ran an article about a haunted house in her on sea in Norfolk. And you've guessed it, one of the ghosts was that of a little girl. The house was a modern home built in the 1970s, and the family of five lived there for about 18 months or so in 2001. They were the parents, grandmother and the two children, a girl aged nine and her brother aged 14. Their correspondent is a now grown-up nine-year-old who told them that everyone in the family had seen the ghosts at one time or another during their short time there. One was the ghost of a broad, tall man, who didn't seem very nice at all, and whom the little girl ghost seemed to be wary of. The article goes on to say that when the family sat in their lounge together, they would be plagued by strange noises such as footsteps running up and down the stairs, people moving furniture in upstairs rooms, and things crashing to the floor. The family would go out sometimes, only to come home to find cracks had formed in the glass in any framed family photographs, and sometimes the house itself would be absolutely trashed, wardrobes emptied out on the floor, duvets and pillows thrown out onto the landing. There was never any sign of forced entries from intruders, and anyway, why on earth would intruders come in and just mess a place up without taking anything? In fact quite the opposite would happen in that sometimes they found things lying in the mess when they tidied up which they had never seen before and were fairly sure they didn't own. At other times the family dog would bark and snarl at corners of the house and the temperature would regularly drop until there was a marked chill in the air. Lit candles would be snuffed out as soon as they turned their backs and their grandmother was so scared she kept begging to get the house blessed. Eventually, the correspondent's father saw the little girl ghost with his own eyes and scepticism put firmly aside, he moved the family to a new location straight away. And finally, here is a snippet from my forthcoming book, These Haunted Times Volume 2. This came to me as a result of a recent radio interview I had done with BBC Radio Wiltshire. A young lad contacted me, for whom I'll use the pseudonym Tom, in the week of the 21st of September. On Sunday the 13th of September 2020 at about 11 o'clock at night Tom and his pals had been out and at the end of the evening had bought themselves a takeaway and driven with it back to one of the friends houses where they had hung out for a while eating and chatting. Tom told me that one of his friends who was too upset about the whole experience to want to talk to me himself had been sober enough to give one of the lads a lift home. Afterwards driving back along Brokerwood Road near the village of Brook in Wiltshire he suddenly saw the figure of a lady in the middle of the road wearing what he thought might be a nightdress but with blood on her face. Horrified, he slammed his brakes on but she was literally right in front of the car which went straight through her. One of the reasons the lad didn't want to talk to me himself was that he found himself pulling the car to the side of the road where he sat dazed and disoriented and feeling overwhelming sadness which made him break down sobbing. He couldn't explain what had just happened nor what was making him feel so desperately sad that he just sat and sobbed. He eventually did make it back to his friend's house where they sat talking about what had just happened and listening to late night radio which is where they just happened to hear the interview with me. Tom plucked up the courage to ring me a couple of days later wanting to know whether I had any information about that stretch of road on my database. He told me his friend had driven back along the road on the Monday and had seen what he thought looked like a scrap of cloth with blood on it, but nothing else to account for the experience he'd had the night before. I asked Tom to go and look for the cloth, which he duly did, and contacted me a short while later to say there was nothing there now. At my request, he checked with his friend, who confirmed that he hadn't had time to make the car slow down at all before it had just ploughed straight through the figure, but that when the car stopped and he looked back, there was nothing to be seen. He confirmed that she seemed like a fairly solid figure, as opposed to transparent or wispy, but the detail was kind of sketchy, more sort of outlines with blood streaks on it. He said his friend was finding it really hard to describe to him what he meant, and given the brief appearance and the subsequent emotional breakdown, I guess that makes some sense. Well, that's all from me for this month. Please let me know if there is a particular subject you would want me to talk about or if you have a spooky encounter of your own you would like to share. My email address is wa-1400 at outlook.com and wherever you are in the world, I would still like to hear your own stories. Catch you next time.
0: Don't forget, if you've got any stories for Ruth, she is more than willing to take them off you and to, to maybe talk about them on our show or to include them in a book if it's relevant for a book that she's writing as well. So it's well worth getting in touch with her. She's a researcher. She does this all the time. And as you heard in her report, she is very aware of people's right to anonymity and she's not going to go anonymity? betraying your trust.
1: Anonymity?
0: Anonymity. What did I say? I don't know all right anonymity
1: she'll make sure everything's anonymous y'all
0: yeah unless unless you're happy for your name to be shared obviously (laughs) okay so on to this competition the night people signed by the author paul sinclair himself
1: and it's a good book you guys
0: and it's a good book you guys so to be in with a chance to win in this book you had to share the podcast and the people that did that were Rigo r-i-g-o Karina jacobson kelly jacobson Daniel Shin, GJ, Mr. White, Alex Jacobson. What's going on with the Jacobsons? (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: Amy Dawn. Did I say Mr. White? If not, Mr. White. Max Jacobson. Another Jacobson. Max Jacobson. And Blair Jacobson. Y'all Jacobsons. I
2: don't know what's
0: going on there. Dr. Todd. uh, Kamula900. Larry Guerra. Richard Enriquez. Michelle Eve. It's Mr. Show. Phil Jones, Sam B, Michelle Two Shot Girl, oh. Contest Guy, Mike Davis, Andy Roberts, Wendy Renee Halbert, and John Barnes. Aren't
1: you glad there weren't any really weird names on there to have to get out?
0: All y'all are <laughs> entered into the competition, which Bella is now going to reach into this box. I, w- I was almost going to say reach into her box.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I
0: should reach into the box. And pull out one of the names. So.
1: Okay, okay. Okay. Um. Okay, got one? Yep.
0: Oh, well. <laughs> it's Amy Dawn.
1: I thought, sure, it was going to be a Jacobson.
0: (laughs) I did as well. It was a a good chance, wasn't it? Amy Dawn, A-M-I-E-D-A-W-N. You're on Twitter. I will get in touch with you and we will find out where to send it. Thank you very much indeed for everyone who participated.
1: Yeah.
0: Participated.
1: And one other thing, Amy, it's a good book.
0: It is a really good book. <laughs> you will love it. You really, really will. So uh, that will be winging its way to you whenever we find out where you are.
1: Winging its way. oh What? Winging its way. <laughs> I don't know. Just funny. Okay. <laughs> Not like you'll be getting it soon or whatever. It's like I'm going to make it into a paper airplane and just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, y'all. I, I was going to tie it to a panty liner.
1: Oh, that's so rude. I'll smack him for you, Amy. Ow! <laughs> so, I, I really did it, actually.
0: <laughs> so, we have a, a little bit of a change coming on in the next two weeks because for Halloween which falls on a Saturday, we are going to release our episode that would normally release a day later on the Sunday. We're going to release that on Halloween instead. So you're going to get episode whatever the hell it is after this is one. It? The one after this one. Anyway, you've got this one coming out. Then we've got a reminiscing with Tom. And then the next episode, that one there, the one that's supposed to come out on the 1st of November is now going to come out on the 30th of October instead.
1: Yeah. And, and- you know what? It's a really good story. It yeah, it's
0: a really good show. It's with a lady who runs a blog on all things paranormal and we had a really good chat with her, so you're gonna really enjoy that one.
1: Yep. So you gotta get the book and you gotta come listen to us on the thirty first.
0: Exactly. Thirty first? Thirty days have September April, June and November. Thirty first is thirty first. I said the thirtieth a minute ago. Okay. Halloween
1: 31st. is always on the thirty first.
0: I know, but i it's I've been stuck in this room all day working. Oh, and now poor, I'm doing poor this with thing.
1: you. Did you know that we got our tattoos? And, and I'm bruised. Did, did you? Did oh, you? i got to tell you
0: something. Sorry.
1: Oh, sorry. my God. You did you just... know that we got our tattoos on Halloween? Did, we did, didn't we? Yes. yes.
0: Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. i got to tell you something. Do you remember, this is weird as, do you remember that audio clip that... We played on one of our shows where the guy was a real joker and he'd recorded because he knew he was gonna die. He recorded himself making it sound like he was in the coffin trying to get out of yes, Irish. Yes, family. yes, yes. Yeah. You sent me back then the link to the audio clip, but I never got it.
1: Oh right? right,
0: okay. I, ne- I, I never got it. And in the end, we ended up searching around for it on my computer to yeah. get the link to put in the show notes. Yeah. It turned up today. It turned up today. It was originally sent on the 21st of September 2019. It's been gone for 13 months. It turned up today in my inbox. From you. Wow. (laughs) How weird is that?
1: (laughs) That is freaky. It
0: is really freaky. Wow. So anyway, we're going to leave you with that because the world, as we know, is weird, weird, wacky, wacky and and fucking wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful.
1: You messed me up. All right,
0: ready. Mm-hmm. The world is weird, weird wacky, wacky, and, and wonderful. fucking wonderful. Oh, okay. oh, you didn't
1: do it again. I didn't know I was supposed to. Okay, on, ready, 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 bro- ready, go, ready, right. ready,
0: Okay, ready. One. The world is weird, weird wacky, wacky and, and wonderful. Fucking
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you.